Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Everton Fan Focus podcast. In this week's show, we're going to be previewing the Leicester City game on Sunday at Goodison Park. As part of a new feature that we're introducing to the show, we're going to be speaking to away fans ahead of upcoming fixtures. This week, I caught up with Leicester City fan Pete Selby, who, I'll have to be careful how I say this, but he's the co-host of the For Fox Sake podcast for Leicester City fans. He kindly gave us his views over the phone this week, which I'm going to play to you now. Hopefully the sound quality is um, good enough for you and you can hear everything that he says. It's certainly interesting to speak to Pete and get his views, and I do thank him for that. Um, just on a note on our podcasts, myself and Mark Ellis will be back on probably either Sunday or Monday night recording and, and looking back on the Leicester City result and the Young Boys game. Obviously, Roberto Martinez and his side are out in Switzerland at the moment. And we're all open for progress in the Europa League. But for the moment, I'll leave you with Pete's views ahead of the game at Goodison Park on Sunday. Obviously, Leicester City are fighting for their lives and Everton need the points just as much. So here's what Pete had to say. Um, Pete, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about and, and probably the, the biggest thing that's been in, in the media um, in the past few weeks and probably at other times this season is Nigel Pearson. What's your views on the manager and the whole situation there? Well, personally, um, first of all, I'm a big fan of Pearson as a manager. Um, I like him as a manager, uh, very solid. Um, also, the fact that over the last number of years we've had quite a few managers uh, in the mould of, say, an Ian Holloway, someone who's uh, all about the sound bites, all about um, playing up to the crowd and uh, being friends with the press. And I like Pearson's stability, but unfortunately this year that's somewhat gone out the window and there's been a few incidents on the touchline uh, which we've all been aware of. Obviously, the, the incident at the Palace game with uh, MacArthur. Yeah. Um, at the time, from my commentary position, we all laughed it off. It didn't look... Uh, it didn't look like anything at all, really. And in the press conference after, a lot of the uh, journalists weren't interested. And obviously, the stills in the papers the next day didn't bode well. A few Twitter spats with a few uh, uh, City fans and some of the media, including Gary Lineker, of course, ex-Leicester and uh, Everton. Yeah, yeah, I so saw that, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Pearson, but I think that 
um, over the last couple of weeks, the cracks have started to appear, both in his managerial style and his dealings with the press. Right, yeah, because I mean that was one I, I've noticed from an outsider looking in. Um, earlier in the season, there was an incident, wasn't it, where it, I won't repeat what he's meant to have said, but he had an exchange, a verbal exchange with a Leicester fan as well. Yes, he's um, he's a big guy, person, and he, you know he's, he's, he always says he can look after himself. He can handle himself, tales yeah. Of him, <laughs> tales of him going um, on holiday to Romania and fighting off wild dogs and all sorts. And <laughs> he doesn't take any fools lightly. So when that so-called, I won't call him a fan, uh, when the person who was in the ground was basically calling person, nothing to do with tactics, nothing to do with substitutions or his manager style, just calling the manager. Yeah. Um, because it, we were losing that game. That was after a very good start to the season. So whoever this chap was, personally, I think he got the right response really from Pearson. Maybe a bit, uh, a bit harsh, and maybe in the, the glare of the Premier League, um, he now realises he can't do that, um, and he's moved on from shouting to the fans uh, or that the supporter to. Uh, Obviously, wrestling fellow players on the touchline. Yeah, I mean, obviously, things like that are, are quick. The press are pricked, quick to prick them up. The, uh, as you mentioned there, the MacArthur incident, I think he brushed it off and said something like he tried to sign him in the summer. It was a bit of a joke, but it, yes. things like that do get blown out of proportion. But just on Pearson, I mean, a couple of weekends ago, I'm not sure, it wasn't last weekend, it was the weekend before, where the reports came out that he'd been sacked, and then obviously the news broke that he'd been reinstated. I mean, do you, can you shed any more light on that? What happened there was a, a meeting on the Sunday uh, around midday uh, and Leicester City Football Club were owned by um, the, the tie owners of King Power who are a duty-free company. Very good owners, very secure, don't make any rash decisions, nothing like say, the Cardiff City owner um, and a number of owners we've seen. Um, all in the background, working behind the scenes very well, building the club up, uh, the training ground, etc., etc. They had a meeting on the Sunday and the father uh, of the two, the, the chairman um, and his son, who's around 30 years old, nickname is Top, um, the father wanted him sacked and, and the, the son, who is the, the football brain really of, of the two, yeah. he says, no, we've got to keep the manager uh, because there's no really one else out there to replace Pearson at this short notice. Also, he's a big Pearson fan. So that's where the rumour started. Whoever else was in the meeting, somehow it got leaked to um, Sky Sports reporter Rob Dorsey, who then reported Sky Sports News as fact. Yeah. Um, so that it was, I mean, the old saying, obviously, there's uh, no smoke without fire. There was something going on in the club, but Pearson was told straight away after the meeting, look, you're not sacked, um, you're going to stay on, this, that and the other. And then, of course, he got, was on Sky Sports, hey, he's been sacked. Mm. So uh, <laughs> the next day during the press conference, Pearson was asked a thousand times about it, and he turned around and he says, I wasn't bothered because I knew I wasn't sacked. Of course, all the City fans out there, we were all drawing up a, a short list of managers that we want in charge. Um, and then four hours later, it turns out he wasn't. So it just adds a bit of circus to that continuing story about Pearson, where in, in real life, in, in real terms, it, nothing was really his fault, according, you know, yeah. according to what we've now known from the club. And it was quite um, an innocent meeting, really. Again, things just get blown out of all proportion. And uh, the word circus gets added to the club, which doesn't really uh, reflect the stability at the club. Yeah, well, I think um, obviously that's the last thing you need is, is a bit of a circus and a, like a media unwanted media attention when you when your main focus is staying in the Premier League. But um, just on the, like managerial appointments, then so you, I mean, you you've said you're a fan of Pearson. I assume that you've you've 
you want them to remain in charge. I mean, looking at other sides in the Premier League, the likes of Q- QPR, uh, Newcastle, they, they've they've recently sacked managers or had managers leave, and and they've not they've replaced them basically with the backroom staff. Um, is that a case of maybe there's not enough managers out there? Would would Leicester then struggle? As you, I know you touched on it there, would they struggle to find a, an adequate replacement? Shall we say? Well, my point of view was always to keep Pearson, but on the terms of replacing Pearson with another manager, the horse has bolted on that. um, Pulis, West Brom, um, Sherwood, who would never have come to a club like Leicester anyway, obviously at Villa. Um, And the names that are left in the hat, people like Neil Warnock, that's just not going to happen. They're not going to come to Leicester at all. Um, And basically, if they want to employ within, they can do people like John Rudkin, who is the uh, head of development, former youth team manager, who was very, very high thought of at the club, been there a long time. Um, And also, in our predicament at the bottom of the league, you do get to the point in the season when you have one eye on what could happen. Are we going to go down? If we're going to go down, who's the best person to get us back up? Yeah. That would be Nigel Pearson because he would keep the majority of the squad. They're his squad, they're his players, and they would have the ability to bounce back up again. Obviously, he would be under understanding that if they're outside the top six come October, he'd probably go. Mm. But you have to have an eye on, yes, trying to stay up, but also if we go down with Sack Pearson, we've gone down with an interim manager, we're probably in a worse position than if we just kept him. Yeah, as you say, ultimately that was that's the squad he's built, and, and and he got that squad into the Premier League, didn't he? But I mean, and we're moving on from the 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 subject of the manager. What about the team this season? Obviously, you're struggling at the at the foot of the table. Um, a couple of recent defeats there, looking down uh, Leicester's last last few games. Um, what what's gone wrong? Has it just been a lack of quality? Is it a lack of goals or defensive problems? When we started the season, we started very well. Like a lot of teams who uh, get promoted, they always start quite well. Um, and obviously, we won the league last year with over 100 points. Yeah. Uh, we steamrolled a lot of teams. And it's a very young team that was brought up. What's happened is that we, after the initial good start, we've stopped scoring goals. Uh, the record sign of Leonardo Ojoa has worked. He did start very well, scored around 10, 12 goals. Um but it's the support players, the players who God has promoted um, have maybe not kicked on. People like David Nugent and Jamie Vardy, they've not quality in the Premier League. They've not got that killer instinct that you need yeah. um, to score that one chance in the Championship. You might get two or three and score one, but in the Premier League, you get one chance and you've got to score. So goals have been the problem. Kasper Schmeichel, um, he's been injured, so we've chopped and changed the goalie. Mark Schwartz and now um, is in goal. And it's just, we've been, I mean, people say you make your own look and you get some decisions you don't. We have been unlucky in a number of games and a lot of the people have said that we're probably one of the best bottom of the table teams that the Premier League's seen for a good seven or eight seasons. Um, we've not been steamrolled by anyone. Um, out of the 15 defeats, 10 of them have been by one goal. Yeah. Not lost by more than two. Um we just need to start scoring more goals. We've signed Andre Cramridge for we've reported ten million. It's actually around seven. Um, he's bagged two in two now. Quality head of the weekend in what was one of the worst games of football you've ever seen. Um, and hopefully he can then lead from the front and get the goals. That hopefully we can get off the spur foot of the table, 
and unfortunately for the expense of uh, Everton this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the first game of the season, we were disappointed not to come away with all three points. Obviously, there was a late equaliser from yourselves. Um, since then, I've, I've looked down at the, the list of players actually recently with Leicester because I knew we were due to play them. And... Um, I can't believe the, the amount of experience within the squad. I mean, the, to have, I mean, you brought additional experience in in January, the likes of Robert Huth as well. But the likes of Mark Schwarzer, obviously Schwarzer isn't your number one goalkeeper. You've got Paul Konchesky, Upson, uh, Danny Simpson, he's been around. Uh, Mark Albrighton, many years at Villa. Cambiasso, I mean, that speaks for itself. Nugent, uh, Gary Taylor-Fletcher. I know some of them aren't the most quality names, but they've definitely uh, been around the block. Yeah, when we got promoted, we had a, a, a very young midfield, Anthony Marquardt, um, Drinkwater, James uh, and Riyad Mahrez. And the average age of those is about 22, 23. And what Pearson did, he reinforced in the summer with experience. Um, Cambiasso has been a very good signing. Uh, Matthew Upson, who's been injured up until recently, uh, Schwartz has come in. And that's added to the youth of the team. Unfortunately, because of recent results, um, what Pearson's done, he's gone back to the old school, he's gone for the experience over the younger players. So at the weekend, our back line featured Upson, Konchesky, Schwarzer. Um, it's a very, very experienced back line with Cambiasso sitting in front of him. Many uh, Foxy fans out there are saying to Pearson, you need to bring the youth back in, play the drink waters, play uh, James alongside him, play the players who actually got you promoted rather than these players who, yes, they've got experience in the Premier League, but there are now in their mid to late 30s or even 40s, some of them, and uh, the pace of the game now, even against teams like Aston Villa, who, to be honest, I think they're probably one of the poorest teams in the league, if not the poorest team in the league, even Villa, um, they've got players with a little bit of pace and they just destroyed us on the second half of the weekend. That's just through their pace so maybe the experience is not working out for Leicester that's it I mean experience is one thing but as you say uh, Pete you, you need that little bit more don't you maybe maybe we'll see I mean he's brought in Kramerich and as you say some of those names the younger lads that, that maybe shone last year in the championship will hopefully sort of got, got nothing to lose attitude now go for it try and pick up a, a couple of wins so well, we'll see from the lineup on Sunday. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you about the, the likes of Kramerich, the likes of Mares as well. Um, for, I know from my experience, the few games I've watched Leicester this season, I've thought um, that Mares, especially recently, I thought he's a lively player. He's the one who wears the gloves, isn't he? He is. Uh, we played at Arsenal a couple of weeks ago and we lost 2-1. Um, both Arsene Wenger and Theo Walcott said, hey, Leicester were the best team that's played at the Emirates this season. And... Riyad Mahrez came in for a special praise from Wenger. 400,000 signing uh, last season from uh, the French second division. Mm. Um, he's an Algerian international. He's been away on international duty in the African Cup of Nations. Um, fortunately for Leicester, Algeria didn't get that far, so we got him back slightly earlier than uh, a lot of other clubs. A quality winger. His final product isn't the best when it comes to actually shooting a goal. Um, he can deliver a good uh, free kick, a good dead ball situation, but he'll take players on a lot of pace very tricky player Kramich is an interesting player he's played um, in the Croatian league he now uh, is their main uh, centre forward for the national team alongside uh, Mandzukic and this guy is absolutely quality he's more of a number 10 he does like to drift out wide and just drop deep to actually find the ball yeah. um, but what we've seen so far is when he has a chance he scores 
two in two so far. Fantastic head of the weekend. Good goal at uh, Arsenal as well. So a bit of quality there. And uh, if them two can um, be on fire for the rest of the season, that's where the goals will come from. Um, and that's where the, well, the chances will be created by Mares. And hopefully Cramage can actually get on the end of some. Sometimes uh, Leicester have been lacking that this season, especially uh, getting to the, uh, the byline, cutting the ball back. No one in the middle. Ajoa can't do it by himself. Very good player. Holds the ball up well. Very strong. Um, it's been a good signing, but he's not the sort of player to slide in um, Linnicker-esque, like I said before, um, to actually get his foot on the end of the cross. Yeah, I mean, and that's all. Ultimately, that's what you need. The likes of Kramaric, if they get a chance, they need to put it away. If Yalta stands any chance of staying in this league, so fresh, fresh blood. And obviously, uh, Robert Hoot was brought in in, uh, in January as well. Was there anyone else that Pearson brought in, Pete? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, we brought in um, Schwartz, the goalkeeper, um, Robert Hoot's a very good signing, um, not only for this season as well, but if they were to make it a permanent signing, he's a quality centre-half, a lot of experience, only 31 years old. Yeah. Um, obviously guaranteed to get sent off two or three times a season, but uh, we'll have to deal with that. Um, and the rest of it was on Grammys. end of the day. You know, we've not got an awful lot of money, even though the owners have uh, spent quite a bit, seven or eight million on um, on Cranwich. It's a, a big outlay. Um, but this, this, the squad is quite solid. Um, it didn't need padding out. Um, it just needed the quality signings in the places. And in 
the summer, that's when a lot of Leicester fans um, who now are quite angry with what happened in the summer, they're pointing at the summer saying, why didn't we sign um, many players? Why was it only really Leonardo Ruggiero and Cambiasso? Um, that's where the finger's being pointed. It's not being pointed at the January transfer window because we all know how messy it is. Yeah. Um, the prices go up and players wait until the last second and then nothing really happens. So they're pointing at the, at the uh, summer transfer window saying, why didn't we buy more then rather than um, in the last month or so? Yeah, well, um, obviously th- those two that you mentioned before, Kramaric, I mean, if he keeps you in the league, it'll be worth his weight in gold. People won't care about the money you've, you've paid for him. But in reality as well, you have to be real, don't you? If you if you do go down and Kramaric has, has a good few months, you know, you might you might double that and, and sell him on to someone else. And obviously Leicester would, might need the money then if they get relegated to the Championship. Um, those sort of those sort of players is what I wanted to get your views on. That, I mean, I, that that worries me. The likes of Mares and especially with a bit of pace Everton have tended to struggle defensively this season not so much of late we've improved at the back obviously we were beaten by Chelsea last week and our unbeaten run came to an end but I mean the league table speaks for itself we're, we're struggling we've struggled against the air, all sides of all shapes and sizes in the Premier League this season so I know I speak for a lot of Evertonians when they'll be very much wary of Leicester coming um, because it's we're we're very unpredictable at the moment. Europe we've been brilliant, but um, in our league form is being abysmal really. So um, we're we're all classing this as a bit of a, a must-win relegation six-pointer on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, how, how do you think, just on like the formation and and the potential setup? How, how are you expecting Leicester to set up on Sunday? In the last two games uh, at Arsenal, they played with a flat back five. A lot of people reported it as three centre halves and two wing backs. Um, Paul Konchesky is not a wing back. Um, he, he can barely get forward. <laughs> he hasn't he got the legs. Takes him half an hour to get back. He's a solid player, maybe not Premiership standard now. Um, so they played that in the last uh, two games. It didn't work at Villa. Uh, a lot of people said going to Villa in a cup match and playing five defenders uh, is not really the way forward. So I'd expect expect Leicester to have a, a flat back. For, uh, probably bringing Robert Huth in the middle of the park Cambias has played the last two games uh, at Villa he looked a bit leggy so I'd imagine it will be uh, Drinkwater and James with the two wingers uh, being Mares and Jeff Schlup possibly all Brighton but I think Jeff Schlup who's been playing well over the last month or so and then up front I'll be very disappointed if they don't stick the two men Ajoa and uh, Cranbridge up front uh, the two main signings the two big money signings to barely play together, um, so this will be a good time. Also, uh, Pearson, we know uh, from experience, he doesn't not that he doesn't listen to the fans, but he's um, he's got his own mind. Um, yeah. He doesn't really bow to fans' pressure, but even Pearson kind um, of ignored the fact that a lot of fans were unhappy with the Mano defeat at Villa, and I presume and I expect him that to play an attacking 4-4-2 formation with those players that I mentioned and actually take the game to uh, Everton, even though it might open the game up and open Leicester up at the back. So... So basically hoping for a performance like the one recently at Arsenal rather than the most recent one away at Villa in the FA Cup, yeah? Yes, I, I think so. I think they've tried to shore the back up by playing a flag back five. Uh, it's not really worked. So I think, and Pearson is a 4 4 2 man. We played 4 4 2 all that season with wingers, with attacking football with wingers, like uh, a lot of fans around the country like uh, their team to play. That's the way Leicester play, and I expect Pearson to go back to that formation and actually take the 
Everton. I was there on uh, the opening day of the season. Very impressed with them. Um, very impressed with Stones at the back. He looks a real uh, confident young player. Yeah. Um, obviously, the wheels have come off. And Everton played very well at Leicester. Um, one of the best teams. A team where Arsenal turned up uh, only a couple of weeks later. And you couldn't really tell the difference between the two teams. Both very confident on the ball. Um, but Arsenal, they've carried on that, that style of football. But Everton, it just seems to they seem to have lost confidence from an outsider's point of view. Yeah. And they played last season with a lot of confidence, knocking the ball around. But this season, it seems that when it hasn't worked in the game, the players have got nervy and they've been unsure of what to do from you know, like I said, from an outsider's point of view. Yeah. So I think taking the game to Everton will be the way forward. Try and quieten the crowd. Try and get the crowd on their back. Yeah, well, I mean, that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The confidence has been the major, um, the major actual word to describe this season. A distinct lack of it. Last season, everything we touched turned to gold. This season, very much, um, very much a damp squib so far in the league. And as I say, Europe's been the only shining light. Um, the likes of John Stones, he's been, he's been a positive to come from it. Mo Bezard should be a player probably to look out for. He's been growing in the midfield. Gareth Barry's suspended. Um, a lot of Evertonians are probably celebrating that fact because he's not having the best of times. Um, again, just going back to some of your players saying they've got bags of experience. Gareth, Gareth Barry has, but this season he's just been he's been a couple of yards off the pace, to be honest, Pete. And he he's picked up ten bookings. That's why he's um, he's suspended for this game. Um, he got sent off against Chelsea as well, so he's, he's been reduced to just one game. But I think that that basically is evident to, to Barry's game this season. He's been very much off the pace. Um, Luca. Parky is not having the best of seasons compared to last season, but he's still getting goals. Um, I think maybe us Evertonians are hoping for a positive result in uh, Switzerland and then take that into the Leicester game. But we can notoriously get quite... Um, quite ratty and uh, impatient if things aren't going our way at Everton so if you, if you do come with that game plan to take take the game to Everton it's certainly certainly a worry going into it Pete there's, I mean there's a number of things that from um, a City point of view we looked at and one was when Barry got suspended um, from an outsider's view you know he's obviously an experienced player uh, we know he's not been playing very well but that was uh, quite highly thought of with the with the Foxes fans out there that he's not going to be playing also the fact that the game's after a Europa League tie um, obviously I don't want to speak for everyone but we all want you know Everton to do well in Europe I'm one of them supporters who wants every English team to do well yeah. and but obviously you have the fact that this is after a game look at Tottenham's record Tottenham's record is, is, is appalling after they've played on a Thursday night mm. um, and that might come to haunt Everton as well come Sunday um, so there's a number of factors in Leicester's favour but if you want to play one team at the moment you want to play Leicester they're a bit down on confidence which has been high all season they've not had their, their heads have not dropped the players have not stopped playing for Pearson um, but that last defeat to Villa was very bad um, you can see the heads go down Yeah. the crowd started to get on the players back on the team back on the managers back and it's and that well that, I mean that's what has been happening really at Everton in the past few few months really at Christmas we had a torrid run of form um really really bad and um there was a bit of an upturn 
in recent weeks with a couple of draws, a couple of clean sheets. We, we had some good performances like the Manchester City game at home. Last season, we, even even if we didn't play too well at Goodison Park, we'd, we'd nick a 2-1 victory or, you know, we'd just, we'd just managed to scrape through. Whereas we've lost that this season, we've just lost the ability to just scrape a win or drag ourselves out of the mire. So, I, I mean, looking at the game now, if I was to predict it and, 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 ho- and look at it, I would, I would hope for just, I'd take a 1-0 win just to get to winning ways, just to give us a bit of cushion because we're five points off 11th place um, and I know that might not sound as bad as being in 20th place in the league but we're five points off Newcastle and we're 11 points off 8th place so I mean the very best we can hope for is you know 10th or 9th place and it, it's, it's, it's the polar opposite to last season of a Monos Pete Speaking to a lot of um, Leicester fans before um, coming on this podcast just to see what their views are on the game a lot of people said the same thing and that's Try and keep it tight for the first half an hour, 45 minutes. Try and get Everton fans on the back of their team and then go for the win. Okay. Try and get a 1-0 away win. Um, that's what a lot of people are saying um, down here. The one player that we all do fear is obviously Romney Lukaku. Um, I know he's not been playing really well. You know he's not scored. Um, maybe the amount of goals, that the amount of money that Everton have paid for him, uh, maybe warrants... to actually get by our defence. I mean, Wes Morgan is a good player, he's the captain of the club, but he's being found out left, right and centre at the moment. So that's why I think people like Robert Hoof will come in and Leicester. Um, like I said, they need to use their wingers, they need to attack Everton, um, and they need to get a foothold in the game early, uh, keep possession. That's one big thing, because Everton, from what I can see, um, especially with last season, they could keep the ball. Yeah. And Leicester at the moment, if you can keep the ball, move it from wing to wing, you will open up defence. And with Leicester at the moment, it's just a key of keeping things tight. And then second half, using the wings, using the attacking flair that they have in the team. And hopefully Cranridge can get on the end of a few crosses and uh, steal the points. Well, I think last season, my, my, the, 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 a lot of our success came around the, the, the new style we implemented, and I think we took a lot of lot of teams by surprise. But we're more we're being found out more this season, um, so it, it does frustrate some of our fans. Um, you know, passing it round at the back, the goalkeeper passing it out. But since probably the last four or five weeks, we've we've maybe seen a bit of a more of a direct approach from Everton. Um, although Martinez won't be the first to admit it, we, we have seen a bit of a, a, a different style approach. Um, there's still a lot of passing, still you know a lot of possession involved. Will still probably dominate the possession on 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 Sunday, but in in recent weeks he's just tried to shore things up at the back more, um, get more of a unit, a settled defence, which we haven't had this season. Thankfully, Coleman, Stones, and Jagielka. I was going to say Baines, but he's he's injured, so he, he hopefully he'll be back for for the Leicester game. But they're the four that we want at the back. Um, the likes of Distan. Alcaraz just not good enough for that Everton defence um, so hopefully Baines will be back and as I say Barry's suspended and we'll hopefully get the midfield combination of McCarthy and Bezic that everyone's been crying out for so I think I would expect changes I mean obviously we're talking ahead of the Europa League game in Switzerland um, and he's left a few players at home hopefully maybe give a chance to Christ- Christian Atsu who similarly to Mares has been away at the African Nations Cup uh, he got played at the tournament in fact so We'll see, we'll see how we set up on Thursday night. It'll be very much different game to what we're expecting on Sunday. But So just a final word then. Give us a prediction, Peter, ahead of the game. My prediction is that a 
lot of Everton fans who are listening to this podcast. I think you'll be surprised with Leicester. I think you'll be surprised of the, the quality of the team for a team that are bottom of the league. Yeah. You expect the team to come with a, uh, no confidence, uh, no attacking flair. I think you'll be surprised at the quality of Leicester. Um, I'm going for a 1 0 away win, uh, a Cranbridge goal late on. Well, obviously I'm open for the, the complete opposite and I, I, I've just said I'll hope for a 1-0 win now but I think uh, just touch, just touching on what you you, went, you said earlier about Pearson saying he's sick of being the, the, the most unluckiest side in the, in the league well they're looking at the fixtures there you know you, you are losing by a single goal on a lot of occasions so maybe it will be a tight affair on Sunday again I can see it being a tight game um, I think you know, nil nil at half time would be the better the game really, you know. Um I think both teams will be nervous. Um obviously Everton depends on what happens on Thursday if, if they go uh, and, and get an away win, that's gonna give them a lot of confidence and they'll start quickly. Um but I think it would be a draw at half time and then as the second half develops, um who knows if, if, if Leicester can keep it tight for the first twenty minutes, maybe go and grab a goal. Um but yes, they have been unlucky. Um, unfortunately, you can't keep on using that tag. Like, how many times I've seen Leicester so far this season? I've come away from the game going, they played well. The Crystal Palace game recently, Leicester they played really, really well. Kept the ball, created a lot of chances. Lost one nil at home. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace fans coming out of the game that we spoke to, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe they won. Um, they turned around and said, you know, we, 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 they. Obviously, we're talking about Palace's point of view, saying that uh, they didn't play very well, but they were very impressed with Leicester. A lot of people have been impressed with Leicester this year. They just need to turn it into points. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, hopefully this Sunday it can start. Well, we'll we'll, so, we'll soon see anyway. And but thanks very much for coming to speak to us anyway, Pete. And um, I'll just give a little plug for your podcast. As I say, it's I'll be careful as I say, but it's uh, for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake, uh, Leicester City podcast and it's at FFS pod on Twitter um, as I say recently formed so so give it a try and um, thanks very much for speaking to us Pete I'd, I'd like to say I'd like to wish you all the best for the game Sunday but you, you know I wouldn't mean it now uh, all the best for uh, Thursday definitely uh, like I said before um, I think when you support a club like Leicester who you know, we don't play in Europe we don't play the Champions League or even get near playing Europa League um, you tend to support all the teams so I'll definitely be cheering on uh, Everton on Thursday with a blue and white scarf it does say LCFC over it but you know we'll let you off yeah, yeah. Good game on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, well, we look forward to it anyway. Um, and thanks very much. Good luck, good luck for the rest of the season. Let's hope you stay in the league anyway, OK? Yes, yeah, it'd be nice to um, play you again on the first game of the season next year. Yeah, it is open anyway. Thanks very much, Pete. Cheers. Cheers, bye now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.